0: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. Historians have long viewed President John Tyler as one of the nation's least effective heads of state. In the book, President Without a Party by Christopher J. Leahy, the first full-scale biography of Tyler is more than 50 years and the first new academic study of him in eight decades. Leahy explores the life of the 10th chief executive of the United States. Leahy is professor of history at Keuka College in New York. And Chris joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Welcome to this program, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what led you to John Tyler?
1: Well, to start, I I wanted to focus my attention on a president most people knew nothing about. Um, And as your intro uh, pointed out there, there hadn't been really anything done on him in so long that I thought a, a new study of his complete life was warranted. Um, And as a political historian, I'd always been interested in the dynamics of the two-party system and how that system both energized and constrained our presidents. That, of course, led me to the larger thematic question of what it meant to be a president who had been excommunicated by his party. Uh, So that dynamic really interested me. And I was also fascinated by how a former president of the United States, one whose father had played a small role in creating the union out of the American Revolution, could have turned against the country he once led and formally ally himself with the government of the Confederacy. So, you know, all in all, he's he's been quite a, a fascinating study.
0: So, why, Chris, has he been viewed as one of the nation's least effective heads of state?
1: Well, I think most people take as the the jumping off point for that that he got kicked out of the Whig Party. You know, he was he was banished by his party for opposing their, their signature legislative goals uh, in the summer of 1841. Uh, he ascended to the presidency upon the death of William Henry Harrison in April of 1841, and then they had a, a special session of Congress uh, later that year, and he was kicked out of his party for opposing the legislation. And I think to some extent historians have taken that as the means by which to, to look at his whole entire presidency and his entire career. So being kicked out of the party, the only president ever to have been kicked out of his political party, uh, I think is really what, what historians have focused most on.
0: Chatting with Christopher J. Leahy, his book is President Without a Party, The Life of John Tyler. What were some of his diplomatic accomplishments?
1: Well, actually more successful in diplomacy and in foreign affairs than he was in domestic politics. The, the fight with the Whig Party being kicked out of the Whig Party largely constrained him in domestic affairs, so he turned to foreign policy as a way to, to make his mark. Uh, he, along with Senate, uh, Secretary of State Daniel Webster, negotiated the Webster-Ashburton Treaty in 1842 with Britain, which formally uh, negotiated the, the boundary between Maine United States and Canada, uh, which had been festering really since the 1780s, since the American Revolution. So he was able to accomplish that. Uh, and I think the, the largest diplomatic accomplishment that he was successful at winning was the annexation of Texas, uh, which, of course, you know, became a, a domestic situation with respect to the institution of slavery and the spread of slavery into the territories, ultimately. Uh, but those would be his two, his two biggest achievements. You could also say that um, he took some small steps towards uh, normalizing relations with China to some extent. So the United States began its, its long history with trade in the China market beginning in the 1840s. And Tyler also uh, initiated what became known as the Tyler Doctrine, which basically opened up Hawaii to American interests as well. So he did have some significant noteworthy, and long-term accomplishments in foreign policy.
0: Christopher Leahy is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. Uh, his new book is President Without a Party, The Life of John Tyler, I and mean, politics really fulfilled Tyler the most. What was his family life like?
1: Well, he had uh, two families, essentially. Uh, the family with his first wife, Letitia Christian Tyler. Uh, they had eight children together, seven of whom lived to adulthood. He was largely an absentee father when he served either in the house of representatives or later in the senate united states senate he was gone for six seven eight months out of every year and to a large extent this absence really defined the relationships that he had with his wife and his children and you know the the children some of them dealt with it better than others his wife certainly did not deal with it very well at all Uh, She was uh, very much affected by the fact that he was gone so much, and it really did put a a significant strain on their marriage. Now, he had a a second family when his first wife died. She died in September of 1842 while Tyler was in the White House. While she was living in the White House, she died in the White House. Um, Two years later, a little less than two years later, he married Julia Gardner from New York. And, of course, once he left the presidency, uh, she was first lady for eight months, and they left the presidency in March of 1845 and went back to Virginia. Um, the the dynamic of his family life was a lot different. He was around constantly, um, except for the occasional trip to Norfolk or someplace on business. Um, but the dynamic of his family for his second family was a lot different. He was there. He took an active role in raising his children uh, you know, it's just a completely different scenario than than what he had before. And, and incidentally, he had seven children with Letitia. So at 15 children, John Tyler is the president who had the most children.
0: And, Chris, he stays in politics, too, after uh, leaving the White House.
1: Yes, he does. He um, eventually will ally himself with the Confederate government. Um, he, he actually plays a, a role in having Virginia leave the Union in April 1861 after Fort Sumter, uh, and then will uh, stand for election to the Confederate Congress. He got elected to the provisional Confederate Congress and then elected to the the main Confederate Congress, uh, but he died before he could take his seat in that body.
0: We're chatting with Christopher Leahy here on Speaking of Writers. His book is President Without a Party, The Life of John Tyler, what was your research like, Chris? And a lot of his records were burned during the Civil War at his home in Virginia, right?
1: Yes. Uh, he, he still has a, a wealth of primary material. Um, the Library of Congress has a significant portion of papers that were, that were not part of that collection that got burned. His wife, his second wife, um, actually put... The papers, her husband's papers, in a bank in Richmond, thinking that they would be safe there. And then, when Richmond fell in April of 1865, the Confederate capital burned, and those records apparently went uh, went with it. Um, but there is a, a tremendous amount of, of primary source material to work with. His son, uh, Lyon Tyler, who was the, the son that he had, a son he had with his second wife, who ultimately became president of the College of William and Mary collected a lot of the documents that form the basis of the Library of Congress papers and of course there there are other uh, documentary collections throughout the United States that deal directly with Tyler Duke University for example has a Tyler collection William and Mary has a significant Tyler collection the Virginia Historical Society in Richmond and then the Gardner Tyler family papers at Yale University uh, is a collection of thousands of documents of the Tyler family and the Gardner family and their connection. And I used a lot of those for the second family that he had. So they were very instrumental in that.
0: What would you like readers, Chris, to take away from this book?
1: Well, I, I don't think we can fully understand the long process that led to the secession and civil war without understanding John Tyler. Uh, For one thing, his career-long defense of the South and slavery provides a case study of why the planter class turned against the Union and led the South to secede in 1860 and 61. Uh, His successful pursuit of the annexation of Texas as president reignited the sectional controversy over slavery's expansion into the nation's territories, and I believe really served as a long fuse for the start of war in April of 1861. There's also an aspect of Tyler's experience that I think speaks more broadly to the presidency itself. All the nation's chief executives, of course, have maintained that the press has harassed them and that they suffer unfair attacks at the hands of their opponents. I think that's pretty universal throughout our history. Uh, But I think John Tyler likely wins the prize for partisan abuse, and his opponents could be found in both parties. So once he was kicked out of the Whig party, of course, the mainstream of the party turned against him, but he was also not trusted by the Democrats. He made a, a plea uh, midway through his term to try to realign with the Democrats. But, of course, he had abandoned them uh, years before over a dispute with Andrew Jackson, and they didn't trust him either. So I think the, uh, the notion that, that a president has been attacked uh, for Tyler it came from both sides of the political fence, and I think that makes him uh, pretty unique.
0: The book on the 10th U.S. President John Tyler is called President Without a Party. The author is Christopher Leahy. Chris, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And this is Speaking of Writers, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.